This podcast is scheduled for 10 questions. Fighting out of New York. Standing at 5 feet 11 inches tall. And wearing the red, white, and blue trunks. Presenting Kyle Brandt. Thank you, Bruce Buffer. We're back. Another episode of 10 Questions. I got such a good feeling about this one. It's special. It really is. We're already laughing. If you've never heard the show before, it is not just a conversation. It is a competition. As you probably know, we do not have guests on this show. We have contestants. There are 10 questions, oh, whoa, each worth one whoa, point. Steve, whoa, it's not I'm your nervous. time yet. You just sit back and get ready and get in the zone. Just zen out, and I will bring you in properly like the king that you are. We've never had a contestant kick in the door, but that's why I said this one's going to be special. 10 questions, 10 points. You get the question right, you get a point. You get the question wrong, you get squat. Here's just a taste of our prior contestants and what their final scores were. I'm Aaron Rodgers, and I got six out of ten. I'm Tyler Matthew, and I got a six out of ten. Hi, I'm Paul Rudd, and I got a seven out of ten. Hey, I'm Kirk Cousins, and I got a five out of ten. I'm Guy Fieri, and I got six out of ten. It's Kyle Cheeks. Hey, I'm Aaron Andrews. I got a five out of ten. So here we go. No one has done better than Paul Rudd's seven out of ten. No one has gone lower than the five out of ten for Kirk Cousins and Aaron Andrews, but no one has ever had the juice that this contestant does. Give me my guest intro music. Excuse me, make that my contestant intro music. This gentleman was a world-class football player and is now a world-class family man. He married his wife during his bye week, his senior year in college. He used to tape his fingers underneath his gloves because he loved Tim Brown and loved the way Tim Brown taped his fingers. I happen to know that when he decides to pig out, he takes Rocky Road ice cream and then a supplemental amount of marshmallows to put them in the ice cream to take them down. For a good decade before I met him, he was my favorite football player in the NFL, so it is really cool to call him a buddy now. Please welcome to 10 Questions, Steve Smith Sr. What's up, Steve? What's going on? I don't know what I have set myself up for. <laughs> Steve, I usually prep the contestants. For you, I said, no, I know how Steve rolls. I'm screwed. He's game. You, you, Steve doesn't know what he's getting into. How do you feel? Are you nervous already? I am, hey, I'm very nervous because I know you very well. I know how that, that, that clever mind works. Mm-hmm. And then you also like to throw people's fingers. So yes. I have a feeling you will use my own information against me, which would either I will knock it out of park, having a three out of 10 about yourself would also be awesome. So I'm pretty sure uh, banana in the tailpipe is coming. Okay. <laughs> you couldn't have said it better, Steve. You basically just said the, the theme of the show. I use things about you. Here's the thing, Steve, these 10 questions Some of them may sound really weird, like Kyle's just messing with me. I have no idea why he's asking me that. But what I'm going to reveal is that it is somehow connected to your life. Trust me, it has something to do with you. (laughs) Look, I I know it's some BS coming that's about me that I can't remember. Yep. Like, what color is my childhood room? Steve, here's the thing. You got one weapon in this. If you ever get one, maybe it's the color of your childhood room and you're like, dude, I literally don't know. Call for the coin toss, and then I'll give you two choices, and you can choose between one and two. But you only get to use that once, just once, just one time. Now, some people burn it on their first question. Aaron Rodgers burned it on the first question, dude, but use it whenever you feel right. Are you ready, Steve? No. (laughs) It's time. Let's start 10 questions with Steve Smith Sr. Steve, question number one. Your category is cartoons. Oh, okay. Before I ask the question, you used to have on your right arm a tattoo of the Tasmanian devil, and that I think you've since covered. Is that right? Yes, that is correct, but it's still there, so technically I still have. Okay, so here's the real question. I said the category is cartoons. Steve, what Looney Tunes character has the signature line, I taught, I taught a putty tat? Uh, I know it's a pig. Okay. Um, but I don't know his name. I mean, uh, 
Porky Pig? You think that Porky Pig is the one that taught a putty tap? Yes, is that your final answer? Yeah, that's my final answer. Unfortunately, that's not right. That's incorrect. Okay. Now, Steve, you felt strongly enough at one point to tattoo a Looney Tunes character on your flesh indefinitely, and yet you didn't know that the one who says I taught, I taught putty tat was actually Tweety Bird. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the right. little yellow bird in the cage. Yeah, I didn't watch Tweety Bird. Okay. So that does, like, I'm okay with me not knowing what Tweety Bird said. I watched, you know, Tom and Jerry, uh-huh. uh, Roadrunner, um, uh, Speedy Gonzalez, but I'm not watching uh, Tweety Bird, Char. All right. Well, another that. thing you're not doing relates to tweeting, too. I asked about Tweety Bird because that brings us to tweets and Twitter. Steve, you joined Twitter and you were great at it and you got a lot of reaction and you had the Agent 89 thing going and you were really big into it. And then like, poof, it seemed like you just pulled out and you were gone. Why? <sighs> the lie is, you know, social media, but the truth is, Man, there's just folks on on Twitter, man. It's just like they say they say things so sideways, and they don't expect people to reply. So I reply in the way you approach it. So if you approach me slash social media sideways, I come back at you sideways. Um, but I am back on it at a very limited capacity because of the my podcast so uh, you know so i have it's now is cut to it um that's my my twitter handle and, and social media so i, I kind of do a little bit i do a lot on that however it's very um it's less engaging on every tweet and it's more of we have a better process and a plan and you notice the word i said we mm-hmm. so I, I i'm getting help on how to do it more of a business area, uh, less um, Agent 89 come at you sideways, come back at you, you know, kind of threaten you. Like, so I, I've gotten out of that realm. There's someone right now watching this, our conversation on their phone or on their tablet, and they're going to spend the day going at athletes and telling them why they suck and why they were overdrafted and why they'll never win a title. That's how they're going to spend their afternoon. What what would you say to them, Steve? Like, what what would you say to to to, to help their day? What, what what advice would you offer them right I mean, now? Oh, oh, old me would have a lot to say. You know, the pandemic twenty twenty. Hey, bro, whatever floats your boat. You know, to be honest. So if that's if that's if that's what makes you feel good, you know, I'm I'm not going to stand in the way of you know you gratifying yourself via internet. Go ahead. If it makes you feel good to go at Julio Jones' Twitter and tell him that he's trash, go ahead and do it if you have to do it. What a year to be I mean, that's, yeah, that's, hey, that's, that's your progress. Hey, that's, that's the country we live in, right? That's the country we live in, dude. We also live in a world, Steve, where we want to get this one because we're going to question two. You're 0 for 1. We did not get uh, Tweety Bird, but that's fine. Your question number two, I'm trying to deal you fastballs because that's stuff I know you like, Steve. Your category for question two, snack foods. Mm. Okay. Question. What Nabisco snack food filled with fig paste was invented in 1891? You said, oh, Fig Newton? He says Fig Newton. Is he right? Yeah! The Fig Newton like it was nothing. Fig Newton. Yeah, that was easy. I'm easy. A, I listen, I'm a, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fat guy stuck in a little guy's body. I mean, how many fig-based cookies are there really? It's really the only one. But as I told you, Steve, all of these have something to do with you. So Fig Uh-oh. Newton, uh, the Patriots right now have a quarterback whose name is also Newton, who you played with for a long time. Steve, it was wild when Cam Newton joined the Patriots, and yet we're recording this after week two. He looks pretty good. He actually looks better than pretty good. Do you think that Belichick and Cam could someday win a Super Bowl together? You know, I think when you talk about Bill Belichick, um, you automatically, uh, I believe, you know, the light, you you speed ahead and you always talk about the January and February, the opportunity or the or, or that possibly happening because you have seen what when you are on the New England Patriots, um, what that really does. And they have it together. 
they seem to adjust very quickly, no matter what the circumstances are. And now with Tom Brady not being there, no matter who is not there. So, I mean, week two is looking pretty good. Uh, is is gone. So he looked he, he looked pretty sharp. I, I would say, obviously, he is a different type of quarterback um, than Tom Brady um, for a number of, of of things. You know, obviously, not trying to be race related, but I mean, skin color is a little bit different. Um, how they conduct themselves and carry themselves are different. Let's just go with hairstyles is slightly different. So, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be different. Now, offense looks different. So I, I, I think, um, again, when Bill Belichick is involved, y- you don't hedge your bet. You don't go against the house because Bill Belichick is the house. And, and, and in most casinos, you can win the day. You can win a few hands. But in the end, the house always wins. Got to leave town or the house is going to win. It always does. Steve, you know Cam in a way differently than most people on the planet. People have such strong opinions about him, positive or negative. What do you think What do you think are some misconceptions about Cam Newton as a player and a person? Well, here's the thing that I think I, I, I always try to make sure that I articulate. I was with Cam three years in. He would. He didn't have any children. Um, you know, he, he, he was always this type of player, playmaking ability. But people change good and bad or indifferent. Um, he was 22 when I, when I uh, played with him, and then maybe, maybe 26, 25. But I, I also don't know the Cam Newton that's playing for the New England Patriots because I haven't, I haven't been around him in a long period of time at 31 years old mm-hmm. to really say, Man, this is why I believe he's playing well because I, I just haven't. You know, our 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 paths haven't crossed in the business world. You're right. You grow, he grows. You guys are all different than you were at the time, but the journey's fascinating, and I don't think a lot of people know much about that. I, I think it's fair to say that you and he had your ups and downs. Why the downs? Why? What was the disconnect? I mean. It, People don't want to hear this, but at the same time, I was, I think, let's say, I think I was 30 something, 33 years old. When you're 33 years old or 10 years older than your teammate, uh, I mean, mm, I think 10 years old, 10 year year old gap, there's got to be a disconnect because we're obviously looking at things totally different. I mean, I had three children at the time. He had zero. Um, You know, I was on a different trajectory or downward spiral from my career. You know, I was going down. He was just starting his. So I think there's there's obvious things, but I think people want to pin us against each other. It's like, oh, we didn't get along because of this. It had nothing to do with not getting along. It had to do with, you know, it's like that, that, that picture, that Instagram picture that everybody says that, um, what color is this dress? And depending on how you see things, you know, you can argue over the color, right? <laughs> and and people do that. So it's just, I was, it's a 10 year age gap. So I was just at a different place. And I guess it, I guess it's more of a, a slide on me. What does a 33 year old man with three kids have in common with a 23-year-old young man. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hope they are not intellectually and maturity-wise on the same level, right? Yeah. And that and that's not a knock on anybody. I mean, I'm just trying to explain it in a way that people get it without people trying to assume that, oh, Steve hates him. Huh? And so when I wake up in the morning, I don't go, oh, what did Cam Newton do or not yeah. do? That, that, that's, I mean, I look at football the same way everybody else is. I try to look at it with, um, with the, let the game draws on conclusion. And for the record, that dress was fucking purple. I don't care what anybody oh. says. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve's one for two. And you're seeing a theme here. We started with cartoons, then we went to snack foods. Now we got fast food. Categories okay. fast food. Your question. What beloved item was recently discontinued from the Taco Bell menu? 
I'm really gotten out of fast food world, so I, I don't know what 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 beloved menu. Um, There's an item on the Taco Bell menu has been around for years, and the, just recently, in the past month, they said it's over. If you got nothing, Steve, you can take a guess or you can go for the coin toss. Man, three questions, and it's too early for the coin okay. toss. Okay. Um, it's a beloved item. On the Taco Bell menu, been around for years, and they said, enough of that, it's gone. And people were, like, crying in the streets. Hmm. Uh, cinnamon Twist? Cinnamon Twist is a great answer, but it's not the right answer. They would never get rid of the twist. Steve, they decided no more Mexican pizza. Oh, uh, yeah, that wasn't that very – it wasn't that good anyway. So. You did not yeah. like the Mexican pizza? Nah. Well – a lot of people did, and they can't get it anymore. And Steve, you know why I'm asking you about this. It's something you've talked about, you and I have talked about in person. When you were in Los Angeles growing up, you were a young man, mm-hmm. you were a teenager, you worked at Taco Bell, right there, yes. downtown LA, I think on Pico, right? You worked Pico at Taco Bell? Pico and Bundy, yeah. Right Pico off, and right Bundy. Off the, uh, right off the 10 freeway. I yeah, got a million questions. I'm a big Taco Bell guy. Um, of all the jobs to get that could you could get a check and have working hours, why did you work at Taco Bell as opposed to Jack in the Box or Carl's Jr. or something? Um, was not a huge fan of Carl's Jr. Mm. Uh, we call it Jack in the Crack. Uh, so <laughs> Jack in the Box and, is tough food, man. It's low on. It's down there. Hey, listen, <laughs> and I didn't really want to spoil my surprise of finding out what is the meat in the. Uh, tacos, the two for one, that's really like a whole bunch of meat and a whole bunch of grease. Um, but honestly, I knew a girl, she was in my history class named Monica. Okay. And she was about to quit. And she told me. And so I was looking for a job because uh, homecoming and all that stuff was happening in my junior year. And I was trying to save up for prom. And, you know, financially, I, you know, just needed it. We didn't have a lot of money. And so I got the job and it was a really good job. Um, you know, as you're a teen, as a teenager, man, when you, you when you start to discover um, making money mm-hmm. and how much you can make and, and you start to get that that financial independence where you don't have to ask your mom or dad every week for that lunch money. And, you know, especially with us, we struggle. So um, there were times where I didn't have lunch money uh, that week. And it's a hell of a time to find out Monday morning. Uh, when I'm tiptoeing up the stairs, asking my mama, can I go, you know, especially a black mom, you, you ask a black mom, you got to ask before you go in that corn purse because uh, you lose all your fingers. <laughs> and um, and so there are times where she didn't have it, you know. And so getting that job for me was really like a lifeline. Um, and then eventually led up to me having it two years of community college. And um, what's crazy is you, this is probably on this podcast ever. Um, that job later, later in life ended up, uh, pretty much saving my life to be honest. Um, and what do I mean by that is I, uh, I know this is a shocker, but I got in a fight, um, in practice with a teammate in junior college. Uh, we, we squared up and he took that L. Um, and as, as, as the folks say today, no cap, right. He, he got mollywhopped and on Saturdays, on Sat Fridays, I would work because I didn't have class, so I would work at Taco Bell. And then on Saturday mornings, I'd catch the bus about four o'clock in the morning from uh, from the inner city, go up there, work from six o'clock till about two thirty, and then go to school. We play night games, and I would go to my boy's house and take a nap, and then we would play that game at night. So I would literally be working all day. But what happened was Friday, I didn't make walkthrough because I was working as usual. But old boy that I got in a fight with, he was waiting in my locker area with a pistol. And he was he he was at he was in the locker room waiting um, basically to shoot. me. And if I would have came in, he would have shot me. But the fact of the matter is, I didn't show up that day because on Fridays I didn't have to do the walkthrough because I was working. Um, And so like. So it's, it's kind of crazy how all of that intertwined where some people look at it as a, uh, as a, as a curse, you know, you got to work fast food. But for me, 
when I really look back at it, it was a gift. You think that it, had you gone to that walkthrough, do you think you oh, would have got shot? Yeah, I would have got shot. Or, yeah, I just put it like that way. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting. How about that? What became of that guy? You know, some things in your past you just move on from, right? Sure. So, you know, you don't, um, you don't, when you're on the freeway, you don't stop at everybody that cuts you. You, you don't pay attention to everybody that you drive past mm-hmm. uh, on a freeway. So people, you just, you know, you just keep going. So, I, I mean, I personally, I hope he's doing good. And, yep. uh, and, uh, and you know, we've got past it and move on. You don't stop and look at every driver. But, Steve, I know you've gone back to that Taco Bell. And I know that Absolutely. you probably still do. And now that you're sitting here, let, let's be honest. You've done very well for yourself. You have a beautiful family. You've made mm-hmm. some money. You're well-respected. You're well-liked. When you go back to that Taco Bell, how does it make you feel? Well, I go back to that Taco Bell, and I, you know, I always drive past it no matter what when I'm home. Um, it's always a great reminder. Um, you know, and so it's changed over the years. It was a KFC Taco Bell. Then um, now it's a, just a regular Taco Bell, and they actually have uh, indoor seating. Because when I was there, it was just uh, it was drive through and a little bit of, I had like four chairs and all yeah. that stuff. So it's, it's changed and, and morphed, but I mean, it's still going strong. How much were you making when you worked there? Uh, my first, I was making 375. I think when I left, I was making like 515. And when you're there, Steve, what is your dream in life? Did you want to be an NFL star? Did you think I'm going to be in LA forever? What was your dream when you're making that 375? My dream has always been I wanted to play in the NFL. Um, and that's always that's what I always kind of thought. Never really looked at um, college as, you know, that dream. Like some people grow up wanting to play college ball. Um, I think more reason why I didn't. I love college, watching college football. I love football in general. But I didn't have a lot of – it's only out of my – so my mom is one of 13. So out of 13 – uh, aunts and uncles. I think it's only like two or three of them that actually went to college mm-hmm. and graduated. So college for us at that time was not something that we really uh, strived for. It was really just trying to get out from where we were. Yeah. Uh, but now with my, you know, with my, it's uh, between my mom, so my, my grandmother and my grandfather, my mom, and then me and my children um, for our family reunion it is 65 of us. Wow. So it's, uh, in, um, in, in a nice way, uh, it's 65 of us that, uh, we're a little bit rugged around the edges. So, uh, it's, 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 it's pretty fun. It's interesting. A lot of dominoes. Yeah. A lot of dominoes. Yeah. A lot of dominoes, a lot of card games, like, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's really entertaining and fun, man. It's something that I, I really enjoy doing when we do it. That's beautiful. I imagine at that reunion, there's going to be a lot of children. I know you have a large family and you're a doting father. And so I hope that helps you on this next question because you're going to need it. Question number four, Steve, we call this finish the lyric. How this works is I'm going to play you a very popular song. You're going to listen to it for maybe 20 seconds. Uh And then the singer is going to stop. And you have to say what the next line in the song is. That's all you got to do. So. Like I Hold said, on. is it, it is it a, is ahead. it a black, is it a black song or, you know, is it a song that I know or is it like something, you know, it's, it's possibly our, Steve. You know, it's, it's our genre is not always the same. Yeah. It, it might be one of the whitest songs ever written. However, oh, it, listen, it's got like 2 billion <laughs> views on YouTube. It's a sensation and the children love it. So with that said, <laughs> listen to the 20 second clip and then it's going to stop. Which, cho- which children? S- Steve, the Branch children or the Smith's children? This is all children. <laughs> Definitely the Branch, but I think the Smith's too. There's only one way to find out. It's going to stop. And if you get it, Steve, it's going to bring the house down. Play the clip and Steve, finish this lyric. Let it go, let it go. I think that's the next version. I'm going to stay with you in this. We're going to be teammates here. She says, let the storm rage on. 
the next line she says something about the cold and if it affects her or like does she get cold or she stays warm I don't know that damn song bro no do you want, do you want to use the coin toss hell no I'm not using that coin toss on that weak ass <laughs> content no you know I don't know that no but you knew it immediately it was from Frozen it's not worthy of the coin toss that song no, I'm not using it. I, I, it they're going to get worse. No, I'm not going to use right. it on this coin toss. So here she says, let the storm rage on. And the line we were looking for is this. The cold never bothered me anyway. No, I would have never got that. Never? Never. Two billion people. Steve, you've heard that song, dude. I know you have. You you have a childlike demeanor sometimes. Yeah, but not Frozen. No. That's what, no. I mean, Frozen is one of those Frozen... Hmm, how do I say this right? Go I, I've gone to a lot of children movies with my kids, and I've taken a lot of naps. How about that? <laughs> so if I would have done Cars or Moana or um, I don't know what, what do you yeah Moana, it's got the rock in it, so it'll grow on an island with a stone. You know oh yeah, 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 yeah you know was, that. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, that was. Yeah, so I Steve didn't him. get it, but Steve, as always, I don't just throw shit against the walls. It has something to do with you. And when I hear frozen, I think cold, I think ice, and of course, I think of this. What happened between you and Tlaib on the field early in the game? I don't know. You go ask him because he didn't finish oh. the game. Ice up, son. Ice up. You see? We connected yeah. it to you, dude. Ice up, son, has I like become... That. I see what you're doing here. Yeah, trust like me. This. It's going to get crazy. Ice up sun is this moment that you had, but it's really this phrase that is not only followed you around. I know you've even borrowed it for charity events and it's become this kind of cool slogan. What's your relationship with ice up sun? Because it's become iconic. It's it, I, I said it and people just, you know, fans, fans get enamored with something you say and then they, they just connect you with it. And no matter how, how much I try to shake it, I can't. So I just kind of, you know, I just kind of roll with it. Do you try to shake it? There's sometimes because people be like, oh, man, can you tell me ice up? And <laughs> like, say I'm like, say I'm at a, you know, normal time. Yeah. I'm at a restaurant, you know, and I'm minding my business. You know, you, you at a restaurant to enjoy yourself and especially obviously with your company and people are like, oh, man, if you, if you don't mind. And it's like, actually, I do mind. I, I'm. When when I made my reservation to go to this restaurant, you, you were not part of my planning when I was, when me and my wife were figuring out a babysitter and what time can a babysitter come? What time is our reservation? Your your personal picture was not involved in it. So, you know, so I have that, that balance of some people say I'm rude out in public, but I think it's rude for people to, to interject into my my space, my area, my day, when it's a clearly like example is one time I had a guy to try to interrupt me and my wife on Valentine's at, at our dinner. Okay. And he was like blown away that I didn't want to engage with him. Bro, I was with my wife on Valentine's Day. We were at a nice restaurant with a meal. You know what I'm saying? So, so, when Steve, when that guy comes up to you, because I've seen this a little bit with all public figures, not just yourself, it seems so reasonable what you're saying. It's February 14th, dude. I'm, it's a man and a woman sitting at a table. Don't you know? So he comes up to you and goes, hey, man, yeah, you're Steve Smith. Would you, would you take a selfie with me? Will you say ice up son to my friend? Is that how it goes? And then what do you say? Uh, well, they say, hey, to bother you. And sometimes I'll say, well, don't. Steve, you and I talked before this, before we came on, I was, I was watching a lot of videos of you, just good old days with Jake and young Steve, old Steve. You used to have the routine where when you would score, when you do something great, you would come and sit down on the bench and you were real big on that, that camera that was behind the bench, you know, like <laughs> the over the shoulder one. And you always had gems. You'd be sitting here, go watch it on NFL Network. You know, you, anybody who thinks I can't score, it's just great stuff. Was that part of the routine? Like score, talk, score, talk. Did did it feel like the dessert? Uh, it was just more. It was more of talk, talk. No matter what, no matter what it was. Why? Why? Why did you have to do that? You were such a good player. Why did you have to talk? To I, don't, I just. I mean, I I grew up playing basketball. Grew up playing. You know, you growing up playing in the local uh, parks. 
and Rex. And at that time, you know, even like when you look at like, uh, you know, uh, Wesley Snipes and Willie Harrelson, how they played and where that was shot at, just that era of talking, right? You know, you, you grew up, we, that era was about showmanship. And, and so I just kind of, that was what I was used to watching, what I was, you know, portraying at the end of it. We're also just, we grow up as adults, but we're, we're still kids and we're playing some of these kid games. And so you, you, you do the things that were, have been ingrained in you. It's really fun to watch, man. I know it, it looked like you're having fun playing. It was so fun to watch. I think you're having fun doing this, but you're only one of four. So we got to pick it up, Steve. I I, I, I kind of knew this was going to go bad. You knew <laughs> that already, too. You knew you had to dig deep because if it was something like recent, you, you know, I, w- I would probably have been first person to get 10 out of 10. But maybe so. Question number five. Your next category is something totally different. It's NASCAR. OK, I might have a chance. I'm in North Carolina. Charlotte Motor Speedway, I know, like, mm-hmm. you're a Charlotte guy, and you might have a shot at this. So here's question number five, category NASCAR. What is the term for a car driving nose to tail with the car in front of it to avoid, wind, to avoid wind resistance and drive faster was what? Drifting. Or drafting. Drafting, drift. It's drafting. Drafting. He says drafting. Is he right? Yeah! yeah. I, okay. I already knew that one now. I got real nervous, Steve, because drifting is totally different. That's Tokyo yeah, you, Drift. That's, you nailed it. Drafting, simple. Drafting brings me to your draft. Go way back 2001. Mm-hmm. Are you one of those guys, Steve, because you didn't go in the first, you didn't go in the second, you just sat around. Are you one of those guys who knows all the wide receivers drafted in front of you? I, I To some degree, I do, not because I was, you know, upset or any of that i just know because i was i believe i was in a in a in a draft class that was pretty remarkable yeah so i remember those names because also was it was really cool to play against those guys and then also over the over the years uh, especially as i got older and some of the guys weren't there anymore like um i mean the last guy from my 2001 draft class is drew Brees. So that's always really, really cool, right? To to say, you know, I and I always say I'm biased because he's the last one of our draft class. Like just to, you know, so not not in a I remember because I'm hating, I remember because I just I feel special to be a part of such a special group. The Damian Thomason was in that group, mm-hmm. Michael Vick, Santana Moss, Rod Gardner, Corn Robinson, one of the guys from Nebraska, which he wasn't very good as far as what people thought he was gonna be. But his name was unbelievable, which is Bobby Newcomb. Sure, I remember um, Bobby Newcomb. Right, you know uh, Snoop Menace. Uh, so just a lot of cool guys with cool nicknames that it, you you gotta be you gotta be selfish and stupid and just arrogant not to respect some of the names that I was I was a part of or I got to witness and then later be a part of after um, so many years. Steve, Reg, also Reggie Wayne as well. Oh, Reggie Wayne, yeah. When you get the yeah. call in the third round, and you're you're gonna make your way out of LA, and you went through community college in Utah, and you're not working at Taco Bell anymore, and you're gonna be able to afford your family some things. Was it an emotional moment when you get the call and you're finally drafted? Yeah, definitely. Because also, I had no idea what North Carolina was, um, <laughs> other than other than getting on the plane. Um, going to Utah, Wyoming, some of those places in college. Um, prior to that, I mean, I had only been on, I was on a Greyhound. We drove to San Diego. So a Greyhound bus to Las Vegas. I took a a plane to Vegas, and then we drove to Arizona, um, San Diego. So that was the extent of my travels at 18, 19 years old uh, before I went to Utah. So not a lot. I mean, when I first time I got on the airplane, when we went somewhere, I got nauseous. Yeah. Because I just I, I I didn't I wasn't used to being on the airplane. Your head coach as a rookie was a Super Bowl champion, George Seifer. What was it like meeting him? Uh, we went one in fifteen, so <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was very interesting. But you were one and zero, right? 
Touche. Good one, Kyle. I like that. Uh, last question about the draft. I heard a story that you actually physically hung a headline in your locker from the Sporting News about the Panthers draft pick. Is that true? And what did it say? It was kind of like, who, you know, why would they why would they draft a punt return in the third round, you know, uh-huh. with mine? It was just a great reminder, not necessarily to fuel me, but just a great reminder of understanding um, just kind of how difficult this, this game and this sport and this job will be. And you got to be on your P's and Q's every day. You got to bring it every day. It's two for five, but this is halftime. We're going to question six. We're going to pick it up. I know you're going to like this one, and it's multiple choice. This is easier. Your category is etymology. I had to look it up. Etymology is the, the study of the origin of words, like where do words come from, okay? Oh, and this one's multiple choice. So, Steve, listen to this. Oh, okay. I got a chance. Public school. Yeah, ABC. ABC. Here we go. <laughs> go Utes, too. All right. What is the most common explanation for the term rookie? Is it A, rookie is based on the rook in a chess set, Mm, B, no, I play chess. Mm. It was inspired by 1957 Packers first year player Rook Hammond. Or C, it's a corruption of the military term recruit. You got three choices. Since you're sports related, you have a players. I'm going to go with B with the football. You think it was inspired by 1957 Packers first year player Rook Hammond? Yeah. It's not right, Steve. I just made that up. There's no Rook Hammond. There's no 1957 Packers. I just totally made that up. It was actually, it's a corruption of the military term recruit. Yeah. Somehow okay. recruit got turned into rookie. Mm. I didn't know that. Okay. I'm really interested in your perspective on rookies. You were there in Carolina. Cam comes in number one overall pick right out the gates, putting up big numbers, going up and down the field. You also were there when Jimmy Clausen came out of Notre Dame. And for anyone who doesn't remember Jimmy Clausen, unbelievably accomplished college player, really talented high school recruit, put up huge numbers. It just didn't work out in Carolina one way or another. What's the difference there? What What is, is they don't know how to prepare? They don't know how to work? It must be something. No, I mean, it was, it, sometimes it was different. We were, we, we weren't a very good team. So it's not fair to say uh, that that was, you know, it was Jimmy's fault. I, I think it was a combination of a lot of things that, um, and then you combine it with the timing and you, you have that result. And then also too, um, just, we weren't a very good team. So I don't think it's really fair to put it all on him. How about the finances of being a rookie? You, you have people who come from nothing. You've been really mm-hmm. forthright that w- how humble your upbringing was. And all of a sudden you got six figures at least in your checking account. How do those 22-year-old, 21-year-old kids handle that? I mean, they handle it just like the, the 30, 40, 50-year-old people who filed bankruptcy and screwed up too. So mm-hmm. um, finances or lack of, lack of understanding of money doesn't um, – financial ignorance is not, uh, it's not a deformity. It's not a, uh, something that – uh, it pick and chooses, you know, it, it, it doesn't. It's, uh, it is one of those things that uh, it's an equal opportunist, right? So it doesn't matter. Sure, it's equal opportunity, but some guys might be set up to fail if they've never had 10 bucks and now the sudden they got 10 million. Does it break your heart when you hear these guys who've gone broke because they just started buying stuff and buying this and buying that? I mean, it does. And it, you know, it, we all have our we all have our own stuff going on. So I'm not going to say, oh well, but it's just one of those things where it's just uh, we don't know the full story of why and what and how and when. So it, you know, there's always there's always the individual's version. I guess the financial advisor or whoever's around that individual's version, and somewhere in the middle lies the truth. Hmm. Here's the truth right now, Steve. We're going to question number seven. You're two out of six. I'd like to see you get these last few, and I think that you can. This category is simple. It's just name the movie. I'm going to play a clip from a movie. All you have to do is say the name of the movie, and you get the point. You don't have to sing. There's no let it go. Just say the name of the movie. Play the movie for Steve now. I don't understand this. You were looking for a way to change your life. You could not do this on your own. All the ways you wish you could be, that's me. I look like you want to look, I fuck like you want to fuck, I am smart, capable, and most importantly, 
I'm free in all the ways that you are not. What do you think? I have no idea. Skip that one. Did you enjoy the clip? No, no, I did not enjoy the clip. Did you recognize any of the actors in it? I, the I, guy I, who's no talking? movie I've seen. And, uh, no, uh, uh-uh. uh. You kind of. Come on, you know what you're doing. You're a freaking professional. You know what's going on. Well, I'm trying to I'm help my contestant. All right. <laughs> do you want to use the coin toss, Steve? Now, bear in mind, it's question seven. How many more questions do I have? You got three more, and it doesn't work on question ten. So you can use it on seven, eight, or nine. No, I'm not, I guess save it. Okay. I don't know the movie. So, so can you do this, Steve, then? Throw a Hail Mary. Say a name of any movie, and maybe you'll get it. No, I, I don't. I <laughs> You're refusing to say a movie. This is a 10 questions first. No one has ever just conceded. So I will give you the name of the movie, Steve, unless you know no a movie, right? You don't want to say Mm-mm. The name of the movie is Fight Club with Brad Pitt. Yeah, I've never seen that movie. You never saw Fight Club? No. Okay. It's really big when you and I were in college. came out in 99. I know, but I, I just, it was not, that wasn't a, it wasn't one of my movies. Steve, you're one of a kind. This is why I love you, because you just don't care, and you're very secure in yourself. And everyone else be like, I don't know. Give me a hint. Uh, you're like, I don't care. I don't know it. It's beautiful. No, because I, I, I know I didn't know it. So why is the hint? You're going to give me a hint that yeah. is not going to help me. Well, <laughs> we'll never know. I, I thought I was going to help you, but we weren't. No. All right, Steve, let me take a sharp left turn here. Right. I was sharp watching. Left. Yeah, very, this is like 90 degrees. This is a hairpin on the Alps. I, I was watching your a football life special that you did uh, for the NFL Network, which was great, and it reflects really well on you and your wife Angie and your kids. There was a moment where your mother appeared on it, and Uh-oh. she was talking about you as a child, and she said that one day you came home and she said to you, "You have to start defending yourself. I can't keep defending you. There has to be a moment where you fight back or you defend yourself, and you have to do it." Do you remember? the first fight that you got into as a child? I, it, it wasn't necessarily like a fight. It was just more of, you know, we were in, I think it was different. They call it bullying now, but you know, when you back then when we were going to school, it was, you know, those skirmishes or, or arguments or disagreements. Um, you know, that's when, you know, you would go to school at seven 30, you'd be on the playground playing and stuff before, um, before school started and then you, you play basketball after school. So it, it was one of those things where, you know, um, the schoolyard, um, is the schoolyard taught you as a parent, you know, the schoolyard teaches your kids a lot of things you don't want them to learn. And, and so, uh, you know, that's what it was. Have you ever lost a fight? Yeah, I've lost a few. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember one that you lost that went badly? You know, you know this answer. No, you over there. Sh- no, oh, I, um, I mean the, the 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 fight that really uh, sticks out in my mind. When I was telling you is that I got a black eye by this kid named Felton. How old? And, um, I think it was first or second grade. Okay. So, what happened with uh, Felton? Uh, we were, I don't know, we were on a monkey barge or something, uh-huh. and it didn't go well. He said something, and bang. He hit me right in my eye, um, swole it up, and um, that was the last black eye I ever had. You and I were talking once um, when we were working together. We were talking off camera. We were talking about a fight that you were in, and you used this phrase I'll never forget. And you said it went down, and it got heated, and I beat his ass like I know how. And I said, like, I know how. I've never heard it said that way. How did you learn? Like, What do you mean how? How did you learn how? I mean, you're growing up and, and wherever you wherever you grow up, that environment teaches you things. Um, and so for me, that's the environment I grew up in. Um, I, I don't necessarily want to talk about it in a way that's glamorifying it. But at the same time, you know, it was just at the time I grew up in L.A. when um, gangs and drugs were... Uh, and murders were very prevalent and um, fist fighting was very prevalent. And so that's, you know, what they say to the old school, even when you look at old school, um, 
movies, like even like the Christmas movie with Ralphie, right? They even, you know, even a fist fight in the backyard of, of the snow. They're just things were different back then. I mean, you know, today's world, they would, they frown upon it. Um, but, you know, things were handled in a different perspective and a different way. Steve, I know that also over the years, listen, you had an incident in 2002, an incident in 2008. And I know that yeah. there's been media members who have tried to exploit those incidents and get you to Absolutely. tell the story over and over. I'm not doing that. I have a different angle on that because I have respect for you. The parenthood angle. Your children are long since old enough to to Google you, to read about you, mm -hmm. to read about the things that you've done. How do you handle those incidents as a parent with your children who might look them up and say, what happened here, daddy? Well, we, you know, first of all, we have we have a good relationship that we're, where we we can shoot the breeze about anything. OK. Right. You know, and and um, because I'm in a line like a lot of it does put things in perspective and it does kind of table conversations that as a parent, that's not necessarily, you know, something that you want to talk about maybe at the dinner table because it has happened and because of the media mm -hmm. um, uh, point of view. But um, I mean, we, we, you know, my, you've met on good morning football. You've met my, my family yep. um, and my kids have traveled with me. Um, now that I'm retired, but that like my oldest son was a ball boy for the Carolina Panthers when I was playing for many years. Um, my 14, my 15 year old son now, Boston, who you've met too. Yep. Um, he was a ball boy for the, when I played for the Baltimore Ravens. So they have been around football and my daughter, Bailey, she, um, hell, I think John Beeson liked her more than, uh, uh, more than me, but you know, he was really cool with my daughter uh, when she was a little girl. Like she, he would give her a hug, and she would run up to him and call him Uncle Beeson, right? And so, uh, my kids have been around football, so they they know kind of the culture of things, good and bad. So, with that all being said, I think um, I think my incidents in the past, because I'm also in the media, I think people try to use that to knock me down, and so I'm kind of getting used to it. I don't really, I, I, um, I don't really like playing in the um, in the sandbox uh, that you really realize is not a sandbox. It's a it's a kitty litter. So I let those people do that. Um, my only thing is is just put a put a fresh batch of kitty litter um, in there when you finish playing with the doo doo. So that that's just kind of how I look at it. I hear you, dude. I appreciate you on that. We're going to question eight. We only have three left. Steve, your, your category here, television hosts, of which you are now one. You work in TV industry. Your question, as you're two for seven, what TV personality currently hosts Let's Make a Deal and won an Emmy for Whose Line Is It Anyway? Oh, yeah. Um, I want to say Jim Carrey, but it's not Jim Carrey, but it's uh, it's a Carrey. He has glasses. Can I just say Carrie? Is that does that count? It, it's. I think you're talking about Drew Carey. Yes, Drew Carey. Yes, correct. Normally, I'd feel bad, but I know you don't care. It's incorrect. Uh, Drew Carey was a great oh. guest, Steve. He was on Whose Line Isn't Anyway. He currently hosts The Price Is Right. The guy who hosts Let's Make a Deal is Wayne Brady. You know Wayne Brady? Yeah, I know Wayne Brady. Yeah, you knew that was going to throw me off, but that's good. Touche. Well, Wayne that. Brady. Uh, <laughs> It's all about throwing you off. I think I've been doing it for an hour now, Steve. Wayne Brady. I want to ask you about a different Brady. Why do you think, knowing all you know about the NFL, having played against them, having known what it's like to be a veteran, why do you think Tom Brady left New England? Hell, if I know. <laughs> What's your best theory? Get inside the man's head. Uh, I, you know, everybody wants to change. You know, when you're, no matter how much success you had, when you, you always wonder, what is it like on the other side? You know, everybody's inquisitive like that. Is that why we see so few? I guess sometimes you get, you don't see many guys who go wire to wire. You just don't see it. They, you didn't do it. There's a very few guys like Larry Fitzgerald, I guess, who go one team the whole time. Yeah, but sometimes to, to do that, um, 
it's painful. <laughs> Listen, you've also been in media now for a few years, Steve. You settled in. I think you're great. You have rants. You have analysis. You set people off. You get a reaction. What's something so far that's driving you crazy, though, about working in media? Like, what what has been in your pet peeve so far? Hmm. To be honest, there's so many. Um, Tell me. I love them. I just don't like all the meetings, right? Um, (laughs) Let's go. Right. Get into it, dude. I'm with you. Right. (laughs) Like all the meetings, especially working Good Morning Football. Well, you you know we work. For how early y'all get up? Man, I don't have time for this 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 shilly shallying around and kind of, you know, they getting up at four o'clock in the morning. And they're like, "Hey guys, let's, man, let's get to it." Yeah. I don't have. It is four o'clock in the morning. I'm. I really would prefer to be sleep. Um, and then uh, I think as a as a football guy, I think there's always a conflict between the content of the producers and the, and and the analysts, because sometimes analysts think something, one thing is attractive Mm -hmm. to talk about on camera and the producers may disagree uh, because they have their mind already made up on what they believe the content of the viewer wants to see. So I think that's always a uh, healthy balance. All right. Two questions left. Then we're out of here. Category, Steve, pop singers. You are two for eight right now. Your question. What female performer is responsible for the highest selling movie soundtrack of all time and also starred in the movie? Think out loud. Let me inside that beautiful mind. Uh, Coin flip. All right, coin flip. Here we go. Coin flip. I'm glad you used it because this is the last time you can. So I asked you what female female performer... (laughs) Is responsible for the highest selling movie soundtrack of all time and also starred in the movie. Your coin flip is is it Mariah Carey or is it Whitney Houston? Mmm. Son of a her movie her movie, uh, let's go with uh, uh Whitney Houston. Mariah Carey movie did not do that well. I so, think you might be talking about yes, bodyguard, bodyguard. Yes. He says bodyguard. He says Whitney Houston. Let him up. I know. <laughs> yeah. I knew that one. I, I talked myself into that one. All right. Why are you so excited about this one? I don't know. <laughs> hey, man. You know, you got to win some, right? That's incredible. You got that one. You nailed it. You had the Kevin Costner, the bodyguard. And now we're going to unveil. I know that it, should be three extra points, huh? Don't you think? No, nah, dude, come on. Don't even start that. <laughs> you didn't want to hear Frozen back then. You didn't care about Tweety Bird. You didn't care about any of that shit. So don't throw him away for extra points now. Whitney Houston is the answer. Whitney Houston is known for singing the greatest national anthem of all time before the Super Bowl. That brings us to the national anthem, to 2020, to protests. It's yep. all coming around. Steve, if you were still in the league today... Never mind what age you were. You were a young man, old man. You were playing in 2020. How do you think you would handle? No, I'm not in the league. No, if you were, if you were playing the league, how do you think you would handle the protests that are going on and some of the demonstrations and statements the players are making? Um, I, you know, to be honest, I think it's a hard question because I'm not there. You know, I, I think, um, I think people are so divided right now with things that. It's either you are with or against. And um, politically, I try to keep my political views to myself. I try to, I don't want to say stay neutral. I keep my political views to myself Mm -hmm. um, for a specific reason, because I don't have, I don't have the patience to hear other people slander other folks based on race. I think it's bull crap because if I'm being honest, I'm in an interracial marriage. So I kind of have seen it um, for both ends, from my family, from my wife's family, um, and also from people um, that I don't know. So I, I, I try to, you know, so I, I'm, I'm very aware cognizant of, of, of some of the stuff that goes on. You are a living example of it. I know that you've had all different kinds of teammates, and I know some of your favorite teammates over your career are white guys, black guys, and uh, you have lived the example for it. I wish you were still in the league, man. Your question 10, dude. This is it. We made it to the end. 
And this one is just a little different. The last question that would get you to four out of 10 if you get it right. This is what you call an essay question. What does that mean? I have found a take of yours from the past, Steve, something that you've said, an opinion of yours. What you need to do is take 30 seconds, 60 seconds, five if you want, and explain why that take is right. And if I feel like it's a good essay, I give you the point. If I'm not convinced, I don't give it to you. The take that we found is an audio form. This is back when you were with Baltimore. And before one of the games, they were asked, Steve, what do you think about this great kicker matchup and the evolution of kickers that we're seeing? Here was your response. I would rather go to a circus, a carnival, a fair, or even a medieval festival and watch cotton candy be made before I watch Justin Tucker and the other guy practice kicking before pregame and see the evolution of kicking. Sorry. All right, so Steve, you have to convince me that you would rather go to a, quote, medieval festival, which are horrible, rather than watch Justin Tucker. Have you been to a... I went as a kid. You've been to a medieval festival? Yes, sir. Well, here's why. Justin Tucker is one of the most accurate kickers of all time currently. The kicker that we're referring to, we were in Dallas, he, he, he kicked a good one. But as you've seen this week, you know, uh, even with the Kansas City Chiefs kicking a 58-yarder three times, that's exciting at the end of it. But if you're telling me I have to sit there for four hours and just watch kickers kick, yes. that is not better than watching Tariq uh, Hill run the cheetah run by 10 or 15 players, you know, or making making corners slip, mm-hmm. right? So I, like I told Justin Tucker before, I got to make that catch on third down to position you in to catch that catch. So you're the movie, but nobody goes to the movie without purchasing popcorn and soda. <laughs> I would rather watch Tyreek than the kickers too, but Steve, would you rather watch some dude with a rubber sword and fake chain mail on a pretend horse Saying, forsooth, good sir, a flagon of my finest mead and leg of mutton. Would you rather watch that or the kickers? What what medieval places are you going to? I've been to ones they have where you can throw tomatoes at the court gestures. Uh-huh. You can eat the turkey legs. The turkey leg, yeah. Right? <laughs> and then, you know, they have real horses, like at the ones down here. So, like, yeah. my kids are rolled real horses. I went to so like the dollar why. store medieval festival. I, <laughs> the, oh, okay. so, so that, that so that's more of a knock on your medieval festival than yes. than you know. So are you judging right now? Huh? You know what I'm doing? Are you are you putting all medieval festivals in the same category? Yeah, I'm judging, and I'm also scoring, Steve. And I'm not going to give you a point for that. I'm not going to do it. I don't. I, I don't. Think I would. It's... You know what? I I would expect you would not because <laughs> you want to be able to say that Steve Smith was terrible. No on there the score never mind the score it's about the substance steve and i got great news you have completed the 10 questions it is over you did it and it was everything i could have ever hoped for like that's why when i was 25 you were my favorite athlete (laughs) because you're interesting as shit and you did not want the points is it fair to say are you mad that you got a three out of ten would you have preferred a zero out of ten no i would not have preferred a zero but i mean i'm uh, you know this is coming, but yeah. Um, when I get in my car and go home today, I I'm not gonna shed a tear that I did. I couldn't answer the the question of what's the next word of frozen. Like, I'll be okay. Last thing you got to do, Steve, is a call out. Everybody does it at the end of the show. Think of any public figure. It could be someone in broadcasting, an actor, an athlete, whatever you want, who you think would come on. And, mm, I got and somebody. succeed or fail in this show. Who comes to mind? Who should come on here? Well, I would say I think Peter Schrager would get 10 out of 10. That's what I believe. Would yeah, get so does Schrager. Schrager that? thinks he would get 10 out of 10 too. Nate would get one and Peter would get 10 and then he would tweet you. I think you should have him on there. Where he- You think I should have Schrager, not, um, you know... Uh, John Harbaugh or John Fox, one of your old guys. You think Schrager's the guy? I think Schrager's the guy. I think I think you're scared to have Schrager <laughs> on because he will kill it. You know, you know Harbaugh wouldn't do well. You know John Fox yeah. won't, won't do well. You, yeah. 
knew Smitty would not do well. But you are scared of Peter yes, Schrager. I, I'm scared that he would take up even more airtime than he does on the morning show. And now he'd do it in the afternoon. Steve, that's <laughs> it, brother. You've always been my favorite. I love you. I have huge respect for you as the family man, as the guy who made 375 at Taco Bell and now is on top of the world. Thank you. I love you. I will see you soon. Thank you for joining 10 Questions. Ten Questions with Kyle Brandt is a co-production by Spotify and The Ringer. The show is produced by Richie Bozek, Jason Gallagher, Noah Malale, and Steve Allman. Our theme song is by Matt Schiltz and Bobby Lord. Additional sound design by Bobby Lord. 